This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, welcome to uh, what might be a new version of the Chelsea Fancast. You never know, it could be a one-off. We might never do this again, but uh, by virtue of the fact that we got an absolute uh, overload of, uh, of of emails in this week, uh, Jonathan and I decided it might be kinder to do it as a separate show. So I've now got to come up with a title. and At the moment, I'm to- toying between the Chelsea Fancast post bag and the uh, Jonathan Kidd show i'm not quite sure which but uh maybe you could all vote on it you know how about jonathan kidd's post bag what about jonathan kidd wigs out That's or jonathan one. kidd's nose bag ah i like that i like that maybe we'll do that I could do with a bit of nose bag myself but there you go but anyway as you've already heard i am stanford chidge of course you know that we've got jonathan on uh, me and he will be sharing the duties on the emails uh, but we do have with us the lovely wonderful martin wickham who no doubt will pass sage judgment on your writings won't you martin that or quiet sarcasm okay we are either will be appropriate anyway without any further ado uh, we're going to kick off uh, the first email of this week which is from the lovely jeff jones jonathan yes it is indeed chidge jk and distinguished guest it's Markin. 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 steady on <laughs> merkin flickham oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I <laughs> I do that lasted well take two <laughs> i just finished listening to the latest edition of the fancast i must say i agree with jonathan yes regarding Havertz's debut but i'm sympathetic to his lack of training with our squad yeah okay yeah i was disappointed with our performance but thrilled with the result three points from our opening fixture was crucial i'm hopeful for how the season will go I remember a Lampard quote from the documentary Brute Revolution. He was speaking about Jose's first season in charge. He said something like, we weren't playing well, but at least we were winning. I'm hoping that in a few weeks' time we'll be firing on all cylinders. We can't forget the amount of assumed starters who missed this match due to injury and suspension. Timo Werner. Timo Werner. I love it. 
look great. It's a real shame Ruben failed to slip him in after his lung-busting run from our own half. Yeah, Havertz looked like a continental player would. A few silky smooth touches, lots of flair, but not quite knowing how quick and physical the Premier League is. I'm confident he will learn and adapt his game accordingly. On a more personal note, I really feel Jarl's pain about not being able to attend matches. I'm from the States and have never been to a Chelsea match or to London for that matter yet. But I'm suffering from this pandemic in a similar way. My family has had season tickets to the University of Florida football, American football, since 1990. And since 95, I've been attending home games. This season will be the first in my memory during which I will not attend a game. It's devastating. I look forward to it every fall. Fall is autumn, for those who don't understand. I look forward to Chelsea's season. That's a joke, by the way. I look, I look forward to Chelsea's season each year, but being an overseas fan, it's different. Attending a game in person is really something special. I know a lot of Americans who support a Premier League club, as well as American sports teams. I guess my point is that y'all are not alone in your sadness. We Americans might not understand what it's like to go to Stamford Bridge, but we do know what it's like going to sporting events. At least we can be sad together. Cheers to supporters being back at the bridge as soon as possible. Y'all know where to keep that flag. Flying high. Uh, Jeff J. Atlanta, Georgia, USA. Well done, Jeff. Fantastic uh, to hear from you from uh, Atlanta. I love it. I love your uh, interest and contact and uh, sharing your views. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Well done, mate. There's a very big uh, Chelsea mob out in Atlanta. Uh, I think uh, the lovely Brenda runs their outfit, but there's a lot, a lot of Chelsea fans in Atlanta. Uh, Martin, I, 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 you know, it's a really good point that actually, isn't it? We, we all, you and I particularly, have been moaning like stink about not being able to go, but we forget. I mean, I, I mean, Jeff's talking about not being able to go to, to you know, sport in the states, but there, of course, there are loads of mates we've got in the states who are also unable to come to the bridge, actually. And in fact, in many respects, they, they're suffering from COVID even worse than we are, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, thus I'm assuming that this email was written shortly after the Brighton game. And yeah. since then, we've had the case numbers going through the roof. And any optimism we may have had about getting back into the ground in, say, October looks to have been extinguished, sadly. And I'm guessing it's much the same in the States. I've seen some of the NFL games behind closed doors or with limited attendance and baseball behind closed doors. And it just looks weird. Yeah, it does indeed. Well, hopefully, you know, this won't go on forever. That's all I can say. But Jeff, you stay safe and well, mate. And lovely to hear from you, uh, as it always is. Now, uh, I feel I ought to be wearing, you know, like a judge, you know, donning the black cap uh, for this email. Uh, but it is from the absolutely wonderful Andrew Bailey, who is who is Gaffer Bailey's uh, brother, who's out in Melbourne, uh, and by the way, Jonathan, uh, in, you know, before you respond to it, Andrew is nails. All right. So, so, <laughs> just 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 warning you. Uh, anyway, uh, at, as as hard as nails. Yeah, you mean. The, it's an abbreviation of as 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 hard as nails. Well, I've never heard that before. OK, thank He's you. Nails, mate. He's nails. He's okay. nails. Once, once upon a time. Is, am I going to be carrying? It you should be. Through. You should be. He's also, by the way, he, he was on the benches way before you ever turned. Yeah. Oh, you no, were there. What, no, he was on the benches yeah. at um, yeah. at, the, at one of the uh, uh, um, one of the telly. Oh, right, right. Not not telly. Gaffer. I'm talking about his brother. No, Andrew. no, no. His brother. No, I They're met both. him. Oh, right, right, right. Or did he come round to your flat? I think he may have come he round may to have your done. flat. Yeah, I can't remember, mate. Long time ago. 
I remember uh, meeting him, yeah, yeah. Talking about yeah. nails, I once uh, captioned, we had Carlton Palmer on as a guest on a show I did once, and we used to do funny captions for people. So when we had Claridge on, Steve Claridge on, we listed every football club he'd ever played for, which was about 82 at the last count. So the, the crawling caption went on forever, uh, way into the interview. And for, for Carlton Palmer, I just said, ex-footballer, he's nails. <laughs> and he loved it. He thought that was hilarious. So they, I just asked a question about Steve Claridge. He yeah. seems to have disappeared from the airwaves. I've always thought he was really good. Oh, I should give him a ring. See how he is. I like Claridge. I work with him lots. He's a really lovely bloke. He's bonkers, but a lovely, lovely bloke. We don't, we don't see him. He was a regular. He was always talking about any division. Oh, well, you know, they, they, you know, the BBC are like, they, they, they want all these young idiots, don't they? Like, getting rid of old people. Anyway, enough. Uh, right. This is from the lovely Andrew Bailey, as I said. Good day, Chidge, Jonathan, and guests. Greetings from Overcast, Melbourne. The new season finds me in a strange mood. We are eight or nine weeks into lockdown, with loosened restrictions just over the horizon. Super Frank notching a first win uh, to start proceedings. All should be good in the world. If you remember back to my last email, it was sent after the defeat at Everton when we had not a single left footer in the fi- on the field. No surprise that we signed three lefties in the window. Anyway, no one could miss Jonathan's rant in the first couple of minutes of the season opening show. He made some valid points. Well, that's good, Chidge. It I'm, is. Good start. Good, good start. Good start. I fear good start. it's going to get worse. It probably it? is, yeah. Obviously, Ruben's problems are mostly mental, and with that, a loan to a Premier League uh, or Bundesliga team would, in my mind, be his best option. Some of the reactions, so you're not getting all of the grief here, some of the reactions, Jonathan's included, towards Ruben's performance, or lack of, were over the top. And I personally hate what I see as dancing on someone's grave. As a man that has just had a shoulder reconstruction, how long before you have full trust in your shoulder, JK? Answer it, answer it, answer it later, answer it later, answer it later. We are not all physically or mentally the same beasts, and maybe it's just age, but I fucking hate the way fans are rushing to sink, stick the boot in to Ruben. It actually disgusts me. You don't have to think back too far to Zuma doing blanket jobs on Aguero and Kane. Then he did his knee, and suddenly he became a shit player in many people's eyes. There are a few similarities between the two situations, and people would be best advised to remember that. At the end of last season, who was Chelsea's best centre-back? Rubin has had a stuttered ascent through the ranks at Chelsea. His body, the revolving door of coaches, bringing in their own players and playing style, none of this has helped not only Rubin, but a long line of players, whether academy grads or bought. Rubin had just had his first injury-free year of first-team football when he ruptured his Achilles, scoring 11, uh, 10 goals in, in about five months. Probably half the goals are midfield produced. We look like having our own Yaya Tori for the next 10 years. Then, bang. Suddenly, Kovacic is the name on everyone's lips and Ruben has to rehab whilst his old coaches are now pulling the strings. He must feel cursed. Yeah, he has his contract with Burberry and he's well paid, but the guy wants to play for Chelsea so badly that I think it's eating him up inside. I've not given up on Ruben and I hope we as supporters can help him stay the course and overcome his demons. Anyway, that's it for now. Nothing personal, JK, but don't be that guy. You're better than that. I'll try and write more often. Uh, Andrew Bailey. Andrew, you said you'll try and write more often last time. But anyway, JK. Well, I, I don't think um, I don't think he's been listening to what I've been saying in the slightest. I've not said uh, that. I've not I think he's responding it. to your tweet, maybe, because he said don't be that guy to that tweet you put out. 
Yes, he did. That's right. He did. Well, not, but I, a tweet's just a, a, a you know, a, the essence of It's some... a brain fart, really, isn't it? A tweet? It is. Yeah. You're, well, if he'd listened to the programme, he'd have noticed that, you know, I'm it's like I said, to even uh, in the programme about about the uh, uh, the Barnsley game, if he plays, it, he, they have to do their stuff. These guys, they can't be expected to be picked on reputation. If they're not playing well for whatever reason, we're all sympathetic for them. But, you know, I'm not that guy. I'm dancing on his grave. My goodness me, does he think he's about to not play at all? Is this his view that well, his I mean, career I... is over? I'm not. I'm saying we're in a we're in. These are professional players. He, he's a shadow of his former self, physically, mentally, everything. You cannot play like that and be expected to be picked. And he wasn't. He wasn't even in the squad. Yeah. So I'm not the only person saying this. I'm just, you know, the manager's saying this. Just... I'm not. I'm not having a go at it. Just, just, to, just to underline that, because you, you reiterated the point last night, and I think you echo what we all feel. Uh, I think every single Chelsea fan that I know is desperate to see Ruben Loftus-Cheek succeed at Chelsea. I've been talking exactly. about him being the heir to Hullet. Yeah. I said, I've said yeah. this on the programme before, the heir to Hullet, because he was a huge unit, and it was that was one of the reasons his back was bad, but players bounced off him. He is no nowhere near that player anymore at the moment. And, and, I, and I think just to, again to underline it, I think what we were perhaps I think we were a bit caught up in 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 uh, all sorts of things last week. But one of them will will be you know that frustration and sadness really being articulated perhaps perhaps in a in a slightly clumsy way, but. You know, we desperately want to see him succeed, and it's really upsetting to see him play like he did. You know, and I, th- I think, I think Jonathan's right, and I hate to say this, Gaffer, Gaffer number two, or, or or Andrew probably would be better. Basically, the way things are going now, you, you know, you, you're not going to get. I don't think they're going to get this time. I, I think you know, when you're bringing in world class players, they've got to perform, and I don't like it any more than you. I want to see Ruben succeed, but you know. That that I'm afraid is the is the dichotomy we face with with elite sport. Martin, you're the voice of reason here. Me and me and Jonathan completely aren't, as you know. But John, uh, but you are. Where, where, where do you sit on this? Well, I don't think he's completely um, done for yet. I mean, the he mentioned Zuma in his email. This is a guy who's basically his knee went backwards on itself. He took a while to recover from it, but at the moment he's our most solid defender. I mean, it's it's disappointing for us because. Loftus Cheek was starting to really shine. Then he gets injured, and it's a long recovery. I don't think it's, I don't think he's finished just yet. But he does need to take his chances when they come, and he needs to imprint himself on the minds of the coaches. He looked very poor at Brighton, but then he wasn't the only one in that respect. Yeah. I would look forward to games like, um, Barnsley. you know, the, yeah, Barnsley. There's going to be a lot of rotation because it's a packed season, so he yeah. will get his chance, but. He, he won't be getting picked just because he's a youth product anymore, and he he knows that as well. He's not he's not stupid. He's not naive. I think maybe we were a bit too despondent and down on him because I think that we do realise that is that you know he's not young anymore. He's twenty five. You know, so it's not like he's a twenty year old trying to break into the side again. You know, for one reason or another, his career's been up and down stalled, as Andrew was saying. And I and I think maybe we were being a bit too over realistic and saying, well, maybe his time has come. Got all these new players coming in. You know, maybe it's just not going to happen for him. Maybe we're articulating that worry, as I said, and I think we all we all agree on this. J.K. especially, actually, you know, there's nothing that we would like more 
than to see uh, Ruben Loftus Cheek succeed, and I and I really hope he does. And and in a sense, I I to back up what Andrea is saying, I hope he gets the time to to prove that he is such an exceptional player. But you know, the reality is, Andrew, may, maybe like Zuma when he went to Everton and Stoke, maybe Loftus Cheek needs to go away and and regain. I think I think you're right. I think the bigger issue is mental, and those those injuries, Achilles injuries, are 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 well known to have a very big impact on you mentally in terms of your confidence in your body. So maybe he does need to get out of the spotlight a bit, out of the pressure, play for another club and, 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 and you know, rekindle that ability that he so clearly has. Let's hope so. And, and by the way, mate, it's lovely to hear from you. And I really do hope that you're well down under and all of that. So there you go. Uh, JK, you've got a really long email coming up from, funnily enough, New Zealand. Um, this is from um, Mark Graver. Is that right? Graver? Graver. Uh, it's uh, God, blood. Chidge, why did you give me such a long one? I know. Like, I'm, I'm so cruel. It's steady on. Sounds a bit rude. <laughs> <laughs> I should be thanking you. That <laughs> Anytime, JK, you know. Thanks, Chidge. Thanks for the long one. Um, dear all, I think after a game like that, we should at least look... He's talking about the Liverpool game. I think after a game like that, we should at least look towards the positives. I'm positive... Kepper shouldn't play for us again, Mark. Yes, well, poor old Kepper. I mean, I think we 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 talked a lot about about uh, the you know the the sadness that is Kepper, but I can understand your frustration, Mark. We we're all feeling in the, in the same boat with that one. Right, um, we've got another one from an old mate here, J.K., uh, which I shall read from Jeff Crean or Crine Crean Crine Crean Crine. Green, I reckon. Green? Okay. Hello, Chidge and JK and the other wonderful guests on the show. It's your Yankee pal Jeff out in China again. First, I've really appreciated the pre-season shows and the last episode discussing this bullshit about Klopp and Liverpool taking the moral high ground. Over dinner, my English friends thought they had me cornered, completely backing, backing, excuse me, backing Klopp. And having listened to your numbers and rants just days before i felt well ready to shoot back anyway onto the match the first half was exciting still i do not get seeing kante so high up the pitch why the man does not want to shoot i get so fucked off watching a speedy attack turn into back passes i also fired my email off before the second half even began but restrained myself it would i i would have said i never want to see christensen in a chelsea shirt again that's harsh, I know, but it's like when J.K. goes off. Sometimes it's merited. When J.K. goes off, it's always merited, uh, Jeff. Don't worry about no, that. that. The word sometimes is happening a lot in Twitter as well. You know, I like what you say, Jonathan, sometimes. I get that, actually. Maybe we should call this the Jonathan Kidd Sometimes Show. Sometimes Show, yeah, That'd be suitably you. surreal. Uh, and then Kepa happened. David Chigi. What, what was that? Sorry? Special guest, David Chidgey. Yeah, 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 like yeah I can be a yeah. guest on my own show. It's like turning up at your own funeral, really, isn't it? Anyway, uh, and then Kepper happened. Fucking awful. I think all of us were still hoping he'd rise to the occasion. And as a team, what's with all this passing around the back? <clears throat> I get that they're trying to draw in the opposition as to open up the other, other side for a counter-attack, but at what cost? It all seems so panicked. What's your, uh, What are your reactions to that style? Jorginho, look, the hop is cute and it was working, but those kind of pens have no space. Do you reckon he takes penalties then after that? I wonder how the home crowd would have received these mishaps. 
And Jonathan mentioned that actually on Monday. Um, all right, I should share my positive takes. Before the sending off, the defence looked very, I almost want to say the defence looked very focused. And I still believe some defenders had a very decent game, given they were down a man. Alonso looked ready to compete for his place. No. I thought he coped with Salah very effectively. Maybe. Zuma too. Well, well maintained and gutsy. Tamori really made his case too. I trust Frank sees that. Pity his entrance came at the expense of an improved Havertz, who linked up well with his explosive fellow countrymen and Mount as well. There were, there were some tasty moments that could easily uh, have punished Liverpool's press. Can't wait to hear all of your takes. If I've missed a key point, it's because the bloody kickoff time was 11.30pm Beijing time, and I've pecked this message in a drowsy break at work. Uh, up the chels. Jeff. P.S. J.K. Not long ago, you fielded a request to read in an American accent. You had me busting up. More and more. <laughs> I can see why Chidge keeps you around. Legendary. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK, in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Well, there that, you go. Was that what the one I did with the bloke with no teeth who was like that? Was that the voice I did? I think was it, it might it have been. that one? I think it might have been. Do you remember? I think it might have been that voice there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As we all know, all of our American Chelsea friends speak like that. Um, I'll tell you what I'm going to pick up here. I'm going to pick up here because we didn't really mention it uh, on on the Monday show, um, which is Jorginho, Martin. And uh, Jorginho missed his first penalty for Chelsea. I think, well, I know he missed the one against City and the Caribou. So they were probably talking Premier League, but he scored nine on the bounce or something like that. Um, And we didn't really talk about that on Monday. So what, what did you think about that? The style of penalty, if it goes in, it looks great. If you miss, you just look like an absolute knob. It's just, there's not really a lot you can more you can say about it. If it had gone in, would it have changed the game? Potentially. Yeah. Um, it may have panicked them a little bit, but I still think um, Liverpool had 
an extra gear they could have gone into if they needed to. But I think the most encouraging thing about that was the way that Werner was running at their defence to draw the penalty in the first place. Yeah, definitely so. Um, JK, there was a lot of talk on Twitter, uh, that great bastion of football knowledge, as we know, uh, about maybe maybe Werner should uh, be Chelsea's penalty taker now because he's rather good at them. Um, and not Jorginho. I mean, I, my personal feeling is I don't think the Jorginho issues too much to worry about because I think you know his record taking penalties is actually very good. And actually, I don't think he's going to be playing that much. So I think no, he, won't, he yeah. won't be there. So I mean, perhaps he, his is the he's the official penalty taker because he's not he hadn't missed one in sixteen, had he? he hadn't, in the last sixteen, he'd taken mm, something like but that. that the idea was everybody keeps saying, oh, look at the way he looks at the goalkeeper and re- works out the way they're diving and then hits it into the opposite corner. As far as I could see, all he did was do his little customary leap in the air and kick it into a in, uh, without looking at anybody, just kicked it into the corner where the goalkeeper happened to be diving. So that, that whole business about looking for the goalkeeper seemed to go right out of the window. Do you know it what? Was just, it was just a completely embarrassing moment. Another one in the game. I have to say... I think Hazard's penalties were better than Jorginho's because Hazard genuinely did do that. He he would wait. He would wait to see what way the keeper was going and he would always put it the other side. I thought Hazard... I mean, he really? didn't even look at the ball. I mean, that, that for me was the mark of a brilliant... Just a brilliant technician, a, mag, a magician with, with a football. He, he get- didn't have to look at the football. He was looking at the keeper all the time and he would look at... The, look, you get a sense of where he was going and he would just not look at the ball and he would just kick it yeah, the other way. Good. I, li- I like penalty takers who just hit it high into the corner with great regularity, as uh, which Frank used to do. Well, Frank used to just down the middle a lot as well. Yeah, down the middle a lot as well. So I mean, he just belted it. I mean, there are some penalty takers who you think the skill is phenomenal. I just think that uh, it really isn't good enough to miss a penalty when it w- was about to bring your team back into the game, especially when I- you're the captain. <clears throat> I think that's really poor. It was yeah, a very poor moment. Very poor. Martin, what say you? Yeah, just I think it resolves itself because I don't think we see Jorginho in this team. I think Werner hits his with a bit more power by all accounts. So that offer a little bit more reassurance. Right. Okay, JK, we've got an email from one of my buddies uh, on the Prem predictions. Uh, I've been reliably informed by a source that I sit in uh, 24th, which I think is bottom. And I think Martin's in fourth, actually. Yeah, yeah. It was late places. So there you go. Uh, Anyway, uh, Jonathan, off you go. This is from Daryl Middleditch. Evening, guys. I promised Chidge on Twitter an email full of expletives for tonight's show. I was fuming, also several lemonades in. But upon (laughs) reflection, I'll hold back for fear of sounding like the cretins found on Twitter. The game, I'm sure, has been by now fully dissected with appropriate JK rants inserted where applicable. No, I've been I've been quite sanguine, really. So let's look at the positives. And there are a few. We looked for 45 minutes that we had a game plan and were playing well enough. It wasn't one that I approved of, anyway. Kante looked fit and back to his impeccable best, although should have hit that ball when he was clear in the box. Tomori came on and played well, has to stay at the club and start. We created chances, even went down to 10 men. That has to be Kepa's last game for us. I'll always support a Chelsea player, but enough is enough. <laughs> I think that's my point about uh, how we would have, the crowd would have reacted to him. We had half a team out injured or not ready to play. They'll soon be in contention for a starting place. We lost the game due to poor defending from a cross. Who knew? And Kepa being Kepa, not in my opinion, the fact we were down to 10 men. Of course, 
Uh, it didn't help, but I've seen enough to think we'll only become better as the season goes on. Last thing on yesterday, amongst the usual shit on Twitter, were a couple of gems that made me chuckle. Uh, Arisa Balaga is Spanish for catastrophe, and the Spanish Dave Besant doesn't fuck up. They only win one L against ten. At least we can keep our sense of humour. Keep the blue flag flying high. Regards, Daryl. I mean, I mentioned Dave Besant as well disappearing, but I think the difference is is that Dave Besant was phenomenal for a period and then just seemed to just lose it in some way. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, he's not a fan of Kepper, is he, really? So. No. I mean, it's interesting. You know, I called him peak, peak Peter Barotta to Kelvin. Yeah, how interesting. Which yeah. I think is I'm not it's really a fair... It's more like it actually than 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 Besant. I think you're right. Yeah, he lost the plot in the same kind of way. But Barotta was just awful all the way through. Yeah, I basically. <laughs> I think. I mean, clearly Barotta was completely mentally. You know, he was just nuts, wasn't he? <laughs> Let's face it. Whereas Kepper yeah. is not. Uh, but there you go. I, I thought. I thought Daryl. I mean, Daryl. Daryl threatened a, 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 a you know an expletive deletive rant. To, to match yours and he's been incredibly considered and makes some very good points there I think Martin doesn't he yeah I mean I think we've we've gone through them earlier in the week um uh, yeah I think and Kepper I don't think anyone's disagreeing I think that's the end I still think he should have been that he should have remained out of the team when he was dropped the first time so there you go all right, we've got uh, two more to go. One from Adam Breacher. This came in through Instagram. So thank you for following us on Instagram, uh, Adam. And no doubt, I, well, I hope, I hope you're having some nice chats with Dane on there because I'm rubbish at Instagram, but Dane does a fine job. Anyway, he says, Hi, Chidge. Just thought I would message to say thank you for continuing to broadcast the season reviews. He, he means the 50 years of Chelsea shows that we do. They are fascinating to look back at. This week's is particularly interesting as 89-90 was the first year I started supporting, with 92 being the year of my first game. As a match-going Chelsea fan of 30-plus years, these reviews have helped fill the void of not attending recently. They are also designed for proper Chelsea fans, which is great when you consider a lot of media these days is for mass consumption and as such feels dumbed down. Not looking for a shout on the show, just wanted to say thanks for taking the time to do them. Up the Chelsea. Adam, really lovely of you to say so. And I, I mean, Martin hasn't really got to play too much in these yet. His time will come. But Jonathan, and I, I know, and he will say the same when I ask him in a sec, but I think Jonathan and I have had more fun doing these 50 years shows than I've than I've had in the last 12 years of doing anything else on the fan cast. Would that be fair enough, JK? I, I think one of the reasons is that um, um, uh, it, it's the whole season rather than being individual games. And we suffer the pain with the individual games, don't we? Of, uh, of uh, uh, knowing that the not, not knowing what is going to be happening. Whereas in this instance, we've got, we know exactly what's happened and what's going to be happening. So there is a, uh, uh, there's still the pain, but there's the joy of knowing the positives in it. So uh, I, I'm, uh, I, I'm, and also the the memories that it evokes all the time when we do it are great. To suddenly remember something somebody mentions, and you go, oh, "Yeah, of course that happened. I remember I was there." And uh, or even particularly when when it's a great moment, it's like watching um, Gordon Dury score for, score from 35 yards, and you think, "Oh my goodness, what a player he was." It's, it's a lovely positive thing to be remembering about the team. Which, which, uh, to be frank, I'd forgotten. So yeah. I, I'm, I really enjoy reliving all of this. It's fun going down a bit memory lane and and a bit of nostalgia, but also getting a bit of historical perspective. I mean, one of the things I've been most curious about, uh, which is a truism if ever there was one, which is how history repeats itself. 
there is nothing new in anything. You know, last week we were talking about, you know, defensive shambles at Chelsea and how it was sorted out and what needed to happen. It's it's amazing how history repeats itself. Anyway, uh, there'll be more of those coming. And Martin will be in a few of them going forward. How exciting. When we get to 2012 or something, Martin, you know, maybe. Ah, you can knock and knock and muck in a bit yeah. um, sooner than that. Late well, getting, yeah, late 90s. No, no, I haven't released the schedule yet, but you're definitely in contention, as they say, Martin. You know, you're in contention. So there we go. Uh, right. Uh, Jonathan will be especially pleased because I've saved, saved the longest of all for him. Uh, and, and this email, uh, which is from uh, Jay <laughs> Rekarook, I think. Rekarook. Rekarook. R-H-E-K-E-R-O-O-C. Rekarook. Hello, Chidge, Jonathan, the gang of hooligans who are joining you. No, no, it's Martin. No, to- Tony and Alex were on last week, Jay. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Long-time listener of the pod. Long-time listener of the pod. First-time writer, though not likely the last time. First, let me say thank you for all you do for us Chelsea fans, especially those of us across the pond. We've never been to a game in person, but love Chelsea from the deepest parts of our soul. Oh, sweet. You guys really bring to life the culture of the club and help us US-based fans get a closer glimpse of what the matchday experience is like and what it's like to have been a long-time follower of the club through good times and bad. My love for Chelsea began as many US-based fans, I guess. I'd been a casual lover of the World Cup for many years, and with the close of the 2014 World Cup and Germany's victory, much of my family historical heritage is German, so I was rooting for them to win after the USMNT was eliminated. I wanted to find a club to root for, so I had a reason to continue to watch the beautiful game. MLS was out of the question for me, as it just doesn't have anywhere near the pace or talent level of the truly highest levels of world football. I decided I would choose a team from the EPL, as TV coverage was very good in the US with NBC Sports, and I'd heard it was the best league in the world. Thus began my search for a team to follow and tie my heart to. Sorry, one second, I've just been interrupted, yeah. Um, I considered Arsenal dodged a bullet there. Man City felt too much like jumping on a bandwagon and those ugly light blue uniforms. Liverpool, Everton, US goalie was there at the time. Tottenham and Chelsea. Man U was out of the question as everyone in the US seems to like them. I watched these teams over the first few weeks of the season, kept finding myself pulled towards Chelsea and the way they played the game. Eventually, they were the only team I made sure I didn't miss a game for and the love was born. Ironically, and by sheer stroke of dumb luck on my part, we went on to win the league that year. What a way to be introduced to being a Chelsea fan. Anyway, it's been nothing but love since then. I never miss a game, or at least a replay of a game, and have never looked a sports team more in all my life, and have never loved the sports team more in all my life. I was raised on the local teams near me, like the Cincinnati Reds baseball team and the Cincinnati Bengals American football team but nothing has come close to my love for Chelsea. I've even done what all good fathers do and converted my boys of 13 and 15 into diehard Chelsea fans. We all dream of coming to the bridge for a game in the next few years, and I intend to make that happen. Finally, to the point of my email, I'll admit I didn't watch the entirety of the game against Liverpool. I fast forwarded as soon as Kepa did another Kepa and handed Liverpool their second goal. Oh, I feel for the guy. He must be feeling so poorly about himself and his ability. And this can only have made it worse. But man, come on. Elite level players rise above the noise in their head and overcome to be great. He is clearly not there. Absolutely. 
For my one overarching thought that inspired me to email you guys in this game was the realization that the three the realization that the three main players who truly let us down in the match, Christensen, Kepper, and Jorginho, are all players who are likely not going to play for Chelsea this season, as we've been saying, and wouldn't be wouldn't be if the full team were healthy and if our new goalie from Wren were announced and available, which is actually good news. It means that once all the players are healthy and available, we will be much better positioned to win games like this one. And actually, I felt for the first half, we did quite well. Liverpool didn't seem keen to go at us in their usual attacking manner, as I think they were truly fearful of the counter-attacking possibilities that Timo the Burner Werner presented. I like that. I also feel like Frank is showing his learning as a coach. His approach in the game was more measured and mature. Not having the front players press, but instead sitting back a bit and then looking to spring on the counter. I know it's not the way he wants to play, but sometimes patience is the best strategy. And it looks like Frank is figuring that out. We'll see how he adapts as all the players return from injuries. Back to the mishaps. Christensen, oh, what a moronic mishap. Absolutely. To Kepa's credit, he was way out and not in a horrible position to make a play on that ball. I honestly think if Christensen had just shouldered Mane a bit, that would have been enough. I agree. But you also have to wonder if Christensen just feels a lack of confidence in Kepa in general, which would be understandable. And so he felt an American football tackle was necessary instead of the English football version. Either way, I was so disappointed in him and it really felt like he played well up to that point in the previous match. I also knew, as I'm sure we all did, that our chances of getting results in the match just went to zero. At this point, I doubt we'll see him in a meaningful match for Chelsea ever again. It's a very good point, actually. Interesting, yeah. Kepa, I'm not even going to bother. You guys will likely have already hammered this issue home by this point. I just don't see how he can ever recover and be a meaningful Chelsea player again. Jorginho, love the guy, but he's done for Chelsea. He's off the pace. Not good enough, as Jonathan would say. Not That's good true. enough. Not good not, enough. Is that me? Is yeah. that me? Not good he's, enough. Not good enough. Not he's good not enough. good enough. I would rather see someone like Barkley. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> in there right now. <laughs> At least he has the pace and offers another offensive option. Yeah, but he's brainless. A couple of high points for me. Kante being Kante. Such a world-class player. Werner looks the real deal. He's so exciting to watch. And once we get him consistently good service, he's going to go off in this league. I agree completely. Oh, and one thing I haven't heard a lot of people talk about is how great his defending and energy and tracking back are. He's truly the full package. Side note on Havertz. I'm totally willing to be patient, but so far I'm massively underwhelmed. Looking forward to being proven wrong, but I completely understand JK's going off on a tangent about him on last week's pod. Thank you very much. And I think I've rambled on enough for my first ever email. No rambling. It's been really, really succinct. Thank you all again for all your hard work on the pod. One quick question to leave you with. Do you personally feel we will see any of the three I mentioned play another meaningful match for Chelsea? Thanks a lot, lads. Up the Chelsea and keep the blue flag flying high. Sincerely, JR. Well, I think we might see them playing if they don't get transferred just because of the of the season being so full and, and an injury might mean that, that they're forced into the side. So, uh, yeah, but uh, if they're there in the if, if they're there on the list and he hasn't hasn't sold them and then and they're in the squad, uh, there's always a possibility that they will sneak in, even if it's as a, you know, a late sub or something. So, um, I would agree with that. I, I you know. 
I think I think we will. I really do. Uh, and I mean, we'll see we'll see them being used in a meaningful match if there are, you know, arguably first team players not available and they've not been sold. So I mean, you will. It's a squad game these days, Jr. Great email, by the way, and I, I agree with yeah, a lot brilliant, of that. Brilliant. Uh, I'm going to leave the last word uh, for this show tonight to the wonderful and very patient Martin Wickham. I just sympathise with JR, been a Cincinnati Bengals fan personally. <laughs> I'm um, much the same. I'm, they're, they're my NFL team and they are fucking shite. <laughs> um, that's the only consistency, really. But um, with regards to his question, I would say never say never. But if any of the three are more likely to play a meaningful game, I would say Jorginho. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he love him or loathe him, he, he provides a slightly different option. Um, I mean, yeah. you know, it's not the option I would like to see because I, I think he's a Serie A player, not a Premier League player. But, uh, you know, as I said, it's a squad game. Uh, and the Chelsea fancast is also a squad uh, game too. And without uh, the likes of Jonathan and Martin, it would be a very, very shit show, I have to say. Uh, you know, we, we combine to produce a good team and I think that's what we do now I've enjoyed those emails tonight uh, don't forget you lovely people um, that I need them in uh, you know preferably preferably all things being equal uh, by kind of Sunday end of day Sunday but uh, uh, if not if not then then first thing on Monday morning otherwise they don't make the cut um, you know and of course uh, you can uh, you can send them in by email to chelseafancast.gmail.com or on Patreon if you're one of our Patreon members or an Instagram post or even a tweet. You know, direct message me or just alert my attention on Twitter and I'll see if we can include them in. And you never know, uh, this may have been the first Chelsea Fancast post bag, also known as the Jonathan Kidd nose bag or Jonathan Kidd show. The Jonathan Kidd experience would be good. Yeah, but can it not be the Jonathan Kidd experience featuring David Chidgey? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, do you know what? Even even BBC Radio Five Live call. I got called Stamford Chidge by uh, Chris Sutton and Robbie Savage on Saturday evening. Did you? I did. They're learning. Were you on? You were on it, were you? Yeah, they they got me in to do this. Gone in Gone in sixty Suttons. I I, I only went on there because I thought that it meant that in sixty seconds Chris Suttons would would uh, it you know would implode. He would he would combust. And we'd never... so, so, 60 seconds is about the sole amount of good things he did in his Chelsea career as well, right? I, I was so itching to like can you know coat him off, but I, I I remained well behaved. I did accuse him. I said something like they they were trying to say, you know, should Leeds be everybody's second favourite team and I just went off on one and said it should be outlawed like half and half scarves and he, and he said but I can choose him you said you can't tell me who I can have as my second team and I said well clearly you're not supporting your first team properly then are you and he shut up so there you go anyway on that bon mo it's time to say arrivederci um, thank you very much for listening as I said but more more to the point thank you Martin for being brilliant absolutely brilliant tonight as always and on the no Monday problem. show and on the previews you've been an absolute trooper no problem. Thanks for having me. And apart from, you know, anything else, I would love to see you for a pint of Guinness or three at some time soon. But... Yeah, one day. Yeah, I mean, no, doesn't no. look doesn't look good at the moment, but hopefully they'll, no, no. you know, get their arse in gear and get this bloody virus sorted. We'll have to put up with the old virtual pub walkers meet on a Friday night until then. But, All uh, of the cans in. <laughs> exactly. All right, mate. Well, you stay safe and look after yourself. Yeah, you too. Cheers. JK, as always, you have been, uh, you have been an experience. What can I say? I've been a trooper. I've been a trooper. You've been a trooper. Can I play guitar in the uh, in in the the David Chidgey experience? Was it Jonathan Kidd experience? Which well, is- yeah. 
the, the I'm sign off the fast show in it jazz club <laughs> we could call it the dave kid experience oh i love that because dave. there is actually a, 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 a he's really nice dave kid's a journalist for the sunday people and he's it would confuse people could we be kid chidgy and then we could be boxers yeah i'm not so sure about that kid dave Nah. nah. We'll work on it. We've got a lot of work to do, haven't we always? It's been brilliant fun. Well done. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will see you again very, very soon. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.